0: The following episode of the Carnival of Randomness is sponsored by an important message to you, the people, from Upsetnick & Associates. Every day there are forces that are taking from you, stealing from you, your money, your time, your freedom. Immense faceless corporations, banks, credit card companies, insurance providers, government agencies, this list goes on and on. When you are under attack and facing crisis, turn to us, Upsitnik and Associates, attorneys for you, the people. When every day becomes a battle, we can advise and assist. We have been advocates for 40 years. Email us through UpsitniksLaw.com or call us at 1-866-391-3299 or reach out to us through Upsitnik and Associates on Facebook for a prompt, no obligation, communication and consultation. Don't be pushed around.
1: Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of Carnival of Randomness. It's spring here in Washington, the cherry blossoms are out, and it's Rob here, and Zach, did you cut down the cherry tree? I cannot tell a lie. I set it on fire. Thank you, please. We're here actually to lobby for a statue for Emperor Norton the first of America, and yes, Emperor Norton was a real thing.
0: Oh, that guy in San Francisco? Yeah, he was. He yeah. was a real guy. He I was a real guy they, who they, they, they made emperor.
1: They made emperor, and they actually gave him a thing, and people would give him money, and... There's coins and the dollars. He's real. Look him up. I'm but say, I, I do have to say, him. first thing I have to say is, Trump 2020, Make him, keep America great. Okay. Do we lose half our audience there? Well, now I'm hoping... Democrat wins in 2020 because we have to save this country. Now is, is everybody just, gone?
0: Great. We just lost the entirety so of So everybody's audience. gone.
1: You want to talk about cereal or anything? Well, we might as well. I mean. Well, politics is a tough subject, and we have our issue shows with Reginomics, and a lot of people have complained that Jeff is so pro-New York tourism. Uh, you but, know, he's really got to balance himself out, and he's really got to express himself And more. the problem with shows talking about politics these days, everybody yells, everybody hates somebody else. And we wanted to talk about politics a little bit for once on the carnival, and do it the rando way because we both have some experience in the system. We could talk about how it's been, how it is, give our views on what's wrong, everything else. And well, you more have so a than me because because I, I know you worked in here in DC for yes, quite a while. And full disclosure, I actually worked in Washington D.C. for most of the '90s and interned there when I was in college. And I had an idea how it went. This is. A, almost 30 years ago. Yes, I wasn't even born yet I did it. I know, that's weird. And it was it seemed to me when I see things going on now, it just seems so different. Something's gone really wrong. And we're going to talk about that a little. I'm going to give some perspective how it was and you have some ideas from the local scene too. Well, yeah, the local
0: scene growing up in a small town outside of Pittsburgh. My mom was involved in local politics. When I was born, she was on uh, the I can't even call it a city because it wasn't a city, the town council. Um, actually, technically, we're a borough, the borough of Verona, Pennsylvania. And then uh, as I got older, she was actually mayor of the of our little town right before we moved. <laughs> and there was a reason for that because she did a lot of good, uh, chased out some of the old guard that were still running their uh, chicanery poker machines. And her respo- or her reward for... Building up the town and bringing some businesses in was having the FBI called on her
1: We'll get into by that. the old guard. We shall get into that. First thing I want to do is get into terminology a little bit. Words really don't mean as much as you think they are. If you hear classical liberal, all that would mean is somebody. It's this thing that came up almost around the time of the American Revolution. All it meant was that a person in a state were different autonomous entities. That's all classical liberal meant because before you were attached to the state. Mm. either in a feudal system. But now, the only reason right wing and left wing came up is, are you aware of this, it came out of the French Revolution. I did not know Where the left wing were the people the with Robespierre and the Jacobins, and the right wing were the opposition. They were more the monarchists and stuff.
0: I thought the left wing were the guys that took more penalties, and the right wings were the
1: guys that scored more. I thought defense took more penalties myself. Yeah, but of the, of the wings. So that's the where it wing. comes out from. And actually, if you look at the political parties... They've changed a heck of a lot. Remember, the Democratic Party was founded by Andrew Jackson, who was—that's why we have the jackass. Yeah. And he was quite the bad man. <laughs> well, he um, he's the only president to date whose parrot was removed from his funeral for swearing. And the thing was, I mean, the party was known almost the party of segregation, the KKK. Yes. And a lot of—you can go back. There's a very bad history going through there, and it evolved around, whereas the Republican Party, founded by Lincoln— was the party of anti-slavery, right? And that all of a sudden it came around. Really, it changed in the '60s. A I lot. was going
0: to say, in the at some point in the more recent history, the party
1: ideals almost flip-flopped. And Vermont was actually one of the most Republican states in the nation. The first time it ever voted for a Democrat was in 1960. Uh, it was the most Republican. So think about so that. So it's
0: those damn hippies we have to blame.
1: Ben and Jerry Land. All oh, those sons of bitches. I'm just but trying to do this cream. to say how things flow and how it turns around, and a lot of it came out of really Goldwater and Johnson, and then Nixon's Southern strategy. Mm. So that's more of how we have the founding. Of what's the modern thing? But this is just a little historical background. Yeah, you have to lay down a ba- you have to lay down a foundation before you build the house of knowledge. And then just about name calling and everything. If I say conservative to you, what would you say would be some of your negative feelings about it, and maybe a little positive? Okay, well, just
0: from, as of late, when you think conservative, you think more of the religious views, the, um, uh, what would be the best word to put it without pushing too many hot buttons? It's cold out, don't worry about it. Well, but no, like, the conservatives are the more religious, traditional, we need it the old ways, the old ways are the best ways. Whereas if you hear, if I hear liberals, you think more of the free thinking. We'll get in the old. Yeah, but I jumped the well, gun. Well, I think, I, the I look a
1: away a little bit as the whole, and I've been just watching it a little. So I'll say, like, you may picture, like, the Archie Bunker-like guy who's, I don't have anything against, name your group, bots. And they're very, they think if you're not like them, they're bad. Exactly. And they're not, they're very unwilling to change. But then there's the positive, Abe Lincoln even said it, you take what works Say something's going well, you stick with it. And there are some things we should conserve and continue on and use.
0: Absolutely. You know what they say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it.
1: Yeah, and a lot of it, some of them just say they're not ideological either, that you just try to look and you try to solve problems. Hmm. But now if you toss out liberal, what would you say would be a negative and positive? Not a liberal, you know, lately there's been a lot more of the negative aspects, but... Well, that's why they call them so progressives because I think the word got demonized, especially like the it, last
0: it, it definitely has, but I would say it's, um, uh, you know, the more free-thinking,
1: forward advancement,
0: you know, more accepting of others, even though if you look at it, they kind of and, aren't.
1: And that's the thing about it, is a lot of people who claim to be liberals are the most intolerant people I know I've ever met, and zero liberal the thing was it's okay if you think freely as long as you agree with me so we have all these quandaries going out there within things but i want to talk about what i've been involved with and you've been involved with because free admission here i actually was a republican one time and the reason i was a republican was because i have that contrarian nature and everybody around that time when i was in college were democrats that's basically it
0: well that, i think that's why uh and especially the older generation. That's why
1: they pick political parties. Because I could always joke. My mom was always. Her family were Republicans. My dad's were Democrats. So they would cancel out each other's votes. So that. But I looked around at the time, and I would just look at candidates before I was, when I was too young to vote, and just see who I thought I liked, and I didn't have any idea, anyways. Well, that's that's the thing. That a lot of these, especially these days, a lot of candidates almost seem manufactured. But that's what I was. And it was, I remember my friend Dale. We were out one time at Hogan's Hideaway with a bunch of friends, and we were, this was Bush and Dukakis. And Dale goes, Well, he's a Republican. And they looked at me and said, But you're so young. <laughs> like I hadn't been jaded by life or anything. No. And that actually came from a book. It almost reminds me of a quote from Snapshots from Hell. This was a person, Peter Robinson. He worked for Ronald Reagan, and he went to Stanford Business School. And what he said was, it's an interesting book. If you ever read it, you'll never want to go to business school, basically. But he said that everybody was a Democrat there. But he said people, the alumni, were saying, "Wait ten years, come back to a reunion, everybody will be a Republican, because they've got hit this the old thing." From there's another book called Common Ground, and it was in the definition you've heard this maybe it's around a conservative is a liberal mug by reality.
0: Oh, I like that. I've never actually heard that. And
1: before. it's a book about what happened was desegregation and what really hit Boston was when it really really had problems and the author was an idealist and he remembers getting an apartment in the city and getting mugged <laughs> and changing his views a little well, bit that would do but what Robinson's book says that yeah you have a family, you have mortgage you have to look at the more, world more realistically you become a more conservative more right-wing. right wing I think as we become grumpier old men we become more stuck in our ways too I think
0: that's that's it the the older you get, the less likely you are to change because you've been with something for so long and you don't wanna it I call it the old shoe principle you ha- everybody has that those old shoes they know they should get rid of them but they can't bring themselves to do it because they fit they fit nice, you know what it's gonna be, even though it might be full of holes and
1: smells and that's 'cause that's of course why we always say that every generation after ours sucks too. <laughs> Those damn kids, or whatever uh, they damn don't know. You know, back my, in my
0: day, playing on my lawn.
1: I had to walk to school in blizzards, uphill both ways. You know, we could get seventy-five the, miles with a heated potato in your pocket. Often could get the horse out of the barn. Right, but just to compare a little bit. Now, I worked back in Washington. I had an internship, and I sort of went from there. Back in nineteen eighty-nine, ish ninety, and it was at the Republican Study Committee. And I mentioned this; it was called. It's called that. I think it might still be around now. To explain what that is, it's one of many on the Hill. It's a legislative support group. And what that is, is you're there and you're actually funded by the party. And you do basically research papers, theses, help out with it for everybody in the Senate and Congress. Not just Republicans, though. Democrats could call. And from that, I actually got a big perspective on how everything was there. And I got to meet a heck of a lot of people. Uh, you mentioned
0: just in talking in the past the guys and, you know, the men and women
1: in politics you've had run-ins with over the years. Oh, okay. There's some big names but one on of the ones, roster. This is one of the things how things change and how you look from perspective because not only, like, if you met somebody, but if you heard something about someone and then you see them, they finally come to prominence a little more and they're totally different. And that would be Dick Cheney because in the day he was the – D.O.D., Department of Defense Secretary. He'd been a congressman from Wyoming for around 10 years. They only have one congressman, so it's a pretty good gig. Yeah. You, and actually, he way. was a chief of staff for Ford when he was only in his early 30s. I didn't know that. Very impressive resume. Yeah. But at the time, everybody not only respected him, but liked him. Which is weird looking at him now, The as you called him the other day, the Dr. Evil type. And that's what it's amazing because... Geraldine Ferraro, the ex-Congresswoman, Mondale's Vice President, when he got picked for Vice President by George W. Bush, she said everybody likes Dick Cheney. <clears throat> really, seriously, you can look this up. It's on your news shows unless they got rid of it. Oh, no, I believe she said that, but you look at it now, it's like, ooh, swing and a miss. And that's everybody really respected him. And the thing about it, a lot of people wanted him to run in 1996, but you have mm-hmm. to remember... He had a lot of heart issues. So he sort of went on his way and then maybe became he went to Halliburton, maybe, and became I think yeah, that was enticed that one by and... the dark side because the person that came out is not the person that I used to hear about. Dark Cheney Yep. Never. You always heard good things about him.
0: Well, it's kind of weird how somebody can change that drastically over not I mean, that long
1: a time period, really. And you think maybe why would being vice president go to his head? Considering he was a defense secretary, he was chief of staff.
0: Well, I mean, as as Louis Black once said, you know, if, even if you're the vice president, you're you, you can. There's no bar in the world you can walk into and have to pay for a drink. Yeah. As
1: he said, he's like, "Holy shit! It's Vice President Cheney! Somebody buy him a margarita." Well, there was always the joke that when Bush was looking for a vice president, Cheney was on his committee helping. And it's almost a case of like when Harrison Ford was helping George Lucas audition Han Solos and managed to get the role. Ah, this guy—he's how? What do you think? Nah, I don't think he's that good. Well, these guys all suck. I might as well do it. But the other part about then—those were the days of the first, the George Herbert Walker Bush days, and they were a lot different. They—you did not have the hatred.
0: No, yeah, it no. wasn't as vile and visceral as it is today, and. Now my to interrupt you. No, just
1: yeah, speak out.
0: My thoughts are: Do you think a lot of that is because there was no
1: social media back then? I think that's big. I think some of it did start. We saw the growth of it a little bit. Now you have to understand something. We'll go back a minute. You heard negative campaigning? That was a Lee Atwater term. Oh yeah, politics. Let's be honest; it's never been a clean freaking no. game. We had what was the term uh, mudslinging back in the old days. How many days. we could say what they called Lincoln? I think our good old good old friend Andrew Jackson did he ch- challenge so many people to duels?
0: Well, I think he actually, I don't know how many if he killed a guy or if he. I think he actually
1: was shot at some point. And that's just the, well, he beat the hell out of his. Yeah, the one the guy, guy who tried to both him.
0: pistols um, didn't go off, and I think actually that gentleman was saved by who's the congressman? Is Davy Crockett or Daniel Boone?
1: Davy Crockett, I yeah, think. Daniel Davy, Boone was more of a recluse. Yeah,
0: Davy Crockett was there and actually pulled Jackson off him because he was whomping his ass with his cane. And in a way, the guy was a real nasty
1: piece of work. Oh, he was. But I wouldn't mean, you love a president like that who some guy who tries to do that, yeah, use the, the hell out, the out of him? The
0: attitude-wise, yes, but if you look at his policies, he was one of the most deplorable human beings to ever sit for a Yes, he was. Earth. He was. I mean, let, let's be frank. Go down
1: to some reservations and try to pass the yeah. 20. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them
0: will not take them.
1: And that's the thing, and we'll talk. Well, we might have a historical episode about the president. Oh, I'm sure we will, and we could talk more I like about because he was interesting. But obviously, politics—it's a dirty business. A lot of nasty things come out. Look at the Daisy ads from Goldwater and Johnson. Oh boy! And it goes on from that. You're you're trying to win an election, but I think a lot of it does come out of social media now—the viciousness. But one of the things was they always talk about Lee Atwater. Lee Atwater was George W. Bush's campaign manager, and he came up with the idea of negative campaigning, where the idea was, okay, you have an opponent. You don't emphasize your positive qualities. There's a line. If you can get this person under this line for likability, you'll win. Well, and uh, actually, interestingly enough, it's a
0: more recent politician that took an opposite approach in his uh, campaign for the mayor of Knox County, Tennessee. yes uh man's name is glenn jacobs people would probably know him better from his other work (laughs) in pro wrestling but he said in many interviews he said i'm not going to run a dirty campaign because at the end of the day we all have to work together so if you slander your opponent what's going to make them want to work with you to make things happen and i think most big elections in the past
1: what Ten fifteen years if you has want been to evidence go of that. With that too, ironically, I think some of my favorite politicians of the last twenty years have been wrestlers. Because if you look at Jesse the Body Ventura. Jesse Ventura, governor of Minnesota. Back in the day, I actually was more of a news junkie. I admit now I try to balance the line of being informed with keeping my sanity. Wow. So sometimes I'll just tune it off. But I used to be a big C SPAN fan. And I would watch because when they had when they had the election season, they would show a lot of the debates and everything. Oh yeah. And I yeah. used to watch it was Jesse Ventura and it was Norm Coleman and Skip Humphrey, Hubert Humphrey's son.
2: And oh, maybe you should okay. use yeah, a different yeah.
1: nickname than Skip when you're running for governor. Eh. But the thing about Jesse Ventura, if you saw his ads and everything, they were fun. He had a sense of fun too. Yeah, them. he had a sense of fun and he because he wasn't taking himself too seriously, but he knew what he knew. He was he's a smart man. And these guys were just stick-in-the-mud boring politicians, and I think they didn't understand that when they let him into the debates, when you're debating a guy who could speak who's wearing a feathered boa, you're in trouble. Well, that's the thing. His job for many a year... Mayor Brookline, he was too. He was, yes. He was a broadcaster.
0: But his job for many a year was to entertain people and get them on his side by talking and manipulate them into believing what he wanted them to believe.
1: But I do believe social media has a big play because I can go back... To those days, and I'll go back, even like I said, I was a Republican by default, and honestly, it was one of the things for me, too, and I'll say this, is back in the day, God, I sound old when I say that. A little bit. But I was really, my issue was not more really domestic social policy. Remember, I was a young kid of, like, two or whatever. Yeah, a young kid of Old enough of to lie about my age. So, my big concern at the day, these were still the days of the Cold War And I became very, very big, and my background was in history and political science, and I was very big into Russian studies. And I was very much more concerned with the foreign policy side. Very much more. I would have been more like Richard Nixon without the crookery. Well. Well, I mean, okay, to a degree, you know. Thank you. But I was very much more, and I wasn't really concerned that much about domestic policy. So I was looking at that side and looking at the Cold War, so I was gravitating to that. But back when we were there, we would have the college Republicans, college Democrats. We're all friends. Yeah, it's amazing how, how much has changed us in 20
0: years. And Well, my thought on the social media thing was you look at the, the sad to say, but the power it gives people to express hatred and ignorance and pre- and uh, prejudice.
1: Well, I can remember we went to a party, we used to have a night class. We used to go to a bunch of us, and we would go to one of my friend's houses afterwards. And I remember the one time I'm there, I have a Bush sticker on. My friend, who's the head of the College of Democrats, has a Dukakis sticker. And we're sitting there together, no problem. Whereas, could you imagine doing that today? Oh, God, there'd be a war. But I do think social media plays a big part. A lot of it's the invisible factor, where in the old days, maybe you went down to the bar. Maybe your buddy bartender said, you know, leave politics or religion out of it. Yeah. But you would get discussions. You'd be face-to-face. Yeah, You'd be in your now, own neighborhood. the power of anonymous. And now you could write something online. Everybody, if you go on Facebook or any of these other go things, on any... everybody seems damn angry about something.
0: Yeah, every news outlet, um, C-SPAN... Washington Post, Yahoo, CNN, there's somebody in the comments screaming some sort of hatred And that's just them.
1: Look at anybody who's on your friends list. Look what they post, and they're damn mad.
0: Oh, my God. You you see some of the things on Facebook, and they're angry, and they are they don't know what the hell they're angry about. They're just yelling.
1: And I can go back. I've seen ones. There's a famous thing. Albert Camus used to talk to John Paul Sartre, and used to say, well, if a conservative says the sky's is blue, is the sky purple? Now, if somebody doesn't agree with you and is right or makes you think, but these days you'll see people, like I've seen ones where people will claim to be open-minded and they'll write posts. A person will argue with the post in a very intelligent way, and the person doesn't react by good point. I've learned, no, oh, you disagreed with me. I'm yeah. going to unfriend you. Okay. Okay. So that's why I don't bother really with, and that's why we really don't bother on here. But somebody's got to talk about this sometimes who just doesn't It's like the elephant in the room. Eventually, it's going to have to get addressed. Yeah, and we do, like I say, when we do our regionomics, we do talk issues, but that's more issue-oriented. Yeah, that's not specific to politics. But back then, too, what was interesting, and we'll get into this, I think one of the problems with the system is a lot of people are just not informed and don't bother. And, and and it's gotten to the point of dangerously uninformed. And uh, I can uninformed. go back, so I was young and enthusiastic. I have my little elephant. Oh, reality hadn't punched you in the junk yet? You know, when you're that young, I suppose maybe, I don't even know any of you kids these days, darn it, but if you ever get involved in this, you believe you're making a difference when you're not. <laughs> but well, I was at that stage, and I would be going down working on the campaign and doing things and just... Then afterwards, after when you went to the the party election night, it was like really exciting, really fun. And then I got a little elephant as a gift, Aww. which was so cute. But a the thing fun. was, one of the things that got me now, however you felt about Michael Dukakis, who I do not think was a bad man. I don't think he was. I think a... he, he made an unfortunate ad with that tank. That's the thing. I don't think he was a bad man. I just think he listened to the wrong people. Like
0: and if... That that tank ad was something. ooh. <laughs>
1: That should not have happened. But one of the things with that, too, was with George W. Bush. One of the factors we had, we used to do phone banks, call people. up. You would get a lot of people who didn't realize there was a presidential election. Oh, my. Even, oh, my. And one of the things with Bush, you would hear a lot, well, I don't think I'm going to vote for him. He seems like a wimp. Do they know the background? The, The one thing
0: I think if history has taught you anything is that you should never vote for a president based on how much you want to have a beer with them.
1: True. And the thing, he, he had that preppy look. He did go to Yale and everything. Yeah, Skull Bones, man. Whereas Reagan looked like he was the cowboy from the West. Reagan was Re- an actor who worked with served in the, he served in the cavalry for a little while. He didn't dodge the draft or try to get out of World War II, but they found that his eyesight was so bad he couldn't serve. I, so I would, he made combat movies, but he was an actor and he worked for General Electric. George... I keep saying I'm tired of saying this. Bush the first, just HW. Yeah, HW. HW. He was a fighter pilot in World War II. Yeah, who got shot down. You can yeah. read a book called "The Flight of the Avenger." Oh, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he got shot down and he was at sea. This is a wimp. <clears throat> yes, but people didn't realize that. Well, because people are just weird. And even there's thoughts that he picked Dan Quayle because he was so used to the label that he wanted somebody he was superior to. Mm-hmm. Which is...
0: Well, to be fair, with good old Dan Quayle, that uh, could be a very nice guy. I don't know anything about him, but he will forever be entrenched
1: in American history as the potato E guy. I think a lot of things with him is that it sticks. Because that's what John McCain... And I'll say one of the interesting characters I didn't meet back then was John McCain. I admit with them, disagree with them. I actually liked him. I I liked him from the very little I knew about him. I didn't mind. He was him. renowned for his t- like his barbecues, I guess, in Arizona. Yeah, which I, I,
0: I I actually voted for him for
1: president, when and we I were, really
0: he didn't win, but I voted for him. because I
1: you have a streak like that. I think I have not part.
0: picked I have not picked a winning president yet, and I started my first presidential election was two thousand, so I'm over. Would that be five? <laughs> like but to it, be fair, my mom didn't pick a winner until. Uh, until W. Yeah. Well, and I she remember. She started voting in 17. John
1: McCann, I didn't know the whole story where he couldn't even lift his arms above his, his shoulders because he was a POW. Yeah, the POW. But he had that Top Gun feel about him, that swagger. But I really liked him. And I remember his quote about Dan Quayle was All I know about Quayle is that he's from Indiana, he's handsome, and he's dumb as shit. And he was. And you know, sort know what of, the funny thing is? That kind of summed him up. And the thing is, it's always stuck because I think, sort of partly, he was. And they always said Richard Lugar, who was a man, the senator from Indiana for many years, who was thoroughly qualified to be president, that he would have felt like he was Ward Cleaver, and the Beaver got picked over him. Well, to be fair, when was the last time the
0: person, as the, the sitting president, was the person most qualified to be president?
1: Oh, you go through the history of the country, and it's amazing the process. A good I, I would pick the last one to be able to do it probably was George Washington. Well, there's go back to George's time. Everybody was really qualified, but there's a very good book called The Triumphant. It was about Calhoun, Webster, and Henry Clay, and it said that period between Lincoln, really the Gilded Age, from really Lincoln till Roosevelt, Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. That period, you're a period of ama- amazing growth and expansion for America. As well, yeah, because st- you're coming out of the Civil War, um, the antebellum
0: age, yeah. uh, the Reconstruction era, and yeah, everything just
1: blew up And they really. pointed to these three men who were never president. Yeah. And they said this was an era of incredible prosperity for America with a bunch of mediocre presidents. Well, that's the thing. You look at... Post-Lincoln, uh, pre Rose We are apologizing right now to, fran- to fans of Chester A. E. Arthur or well, I mean, James the man, Garfield. The man
0: had some in- intense mutton chops. You know, but you had, who was it, uh, Andrew Johnson came after Lincoln, yep. was almost impeached. No, he was impeached. Yeah, he was impeached. He was impeached. I, uh, forgive me. He was the first of the two that have been impeached.
1: Yep. Um, I think he got impeached, now I may be wrong, but he canned Stanton or something like that. Yeah, he
0: fired Stanton when he wasn't allowed to and replaced him with somebody without having a vote.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's why Andrew Johnson was impeached. Then maybe one of note because then it was U.S. Grant. Yeah. And now history's been unkind to him, not as a general, as a president. I I don't understand why. He wasn't bad. He just didn't do much. You go back and they say, well, it was a very corrupt time, but nothing with him though no
0: not with him he but was his
1: administration yeah
0: his administration but he personally
1: i mean he was a soldier there was a lot of brutality on the frontier but i know a lot of the tribes used to call him the great white father and they respected they, him yeah, of but, course his buddy like sherman <laughs> a little different nah, you but know, he probably saved them history, he probably saved a lot of tribes from what these guys really wanted to do history reveals all and you know i
0: the the greatest quote i ever heard from sherman because they were pushing him to be president to run for president i believe it was along the lines of i will not run if if nominated i will not serve if elected yep because he was smart enough to realize that the presidency is not the army
1: Yes, and in the army, you give an order,
0: they, yeah, they carry yeah, it out. That good old working. Uncle Billy there oh. was not
1: really a Democrat, small d, big d. He really more believed almost like in a military dictatorship because he wanted stuff done. He didn't yeah, want to he mess wanted around. he wanted shit to get done efficiently. And quickly, but then you went through a whole bunch like Rutherford B. Hayes, yeah. Then maybe the one, Garfield, the one, old Arthur, the one interesting one, of Garfield, course, is Grover, Cleveland, or, just no, Grover Cleveland. Because he's the only president to be elected twice in non consecutive, non consecutive, and the baby Ruth bar is named after his daughter, yeah. Not uh, not Babe Ruth, no, a lot of people yeah. think that, but it was his daughter. Because what was he,
0: 22 and 24,
1: yeah. I With don't Benjamin
0: know. Harrison in between, yep. the yep. grandson of uh, William, William Henry, Henry who here. died after a
1: month, the yep. greatest
0: president ever.
1: But that's how it went. So a lot of times the presidency, and Dr. Harmon, any of you now who are just, I can't take it, I can't take it, and people back in Obama's day, oh, I can't take it, and people back in whoever, Democrat, Republican. Yeah, people back in— uh... My professor, Dr. Harmon, said at one time, because, and believe it or not, back then elections, it was getting a little bit, in those days, tense about the election, which it, these days would have been nothing, and he said, look— Whoever wins tomorrow, the sky's not falling. The republic right. will go on. That's what I mean. You have, you, you, you I guarantee you that back in, uh,
0: you know, uh, Franklin Pierce's day, there was people going, "Oh, I can't take it. I can't take it. This is the
1: end of the world." And the sad part is, as you get older too, you can almost—amazing how quick it goes to the next election. Right, it's almost time. You know, Jesse Ventura again. He was governor of Minnesota. Minnesota's still there. It was fine. Yeah, exactly. You Knox County hasn't burst into flame. Yeah, he's we, been in office since November. We have, have some November. really bad people in office, yet we somehow persist. Isn't that weird? It's amazing. But one of the things, too, I got that was really funny back in those days, you really learned about lobbyists. And and, who have all the power. And you find out a lot about this. And we would get calls. It would be really funny. We'd get the cereal lobby. Uh, what would you have for breakfast today? They would say this. Really? Yeah. And we would get free boxes of cereal. And the Hayes Adams was across the street. And I guess that's where the term lobbyist came into being because the politicians would meet people who would basically bribe them off in the lobby there. I
0: was going to say it would probably have something to do with meeting in the lobby. And that's
1: also the infamous park where they had the drug deal where they caught some guy. So George W. Bush, again, the first one, he could show the drugs on his one thing. They caught a guy... Out in the park, because that was just saying no to drugs these, those days. Yeah, he started the
0: war on drugs, which is no doubt the most fruitless war that has ever been thought up in world history. But
1: then we saw a little bit of the insanity, too, of those days, because that's when really one of the big battles and well, some of the stuff was going on, which I thought really was not the biggest issue, was about the flag. What was because going on with the flag? Which made a little thing about, oh, holding the about that flag burning. Oh, yeah. Which yeah, okay. really, to me, was not... I don't... I don't know. Uh,
0: maybe, I think people are just putting a little too much emphasis on, let's be honest, a piece of cloth. yeah I mean, yes, what it symbolizes is, you know, the country, freedom, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But, I mean, to... I don't get it. Maybe I, maybe I'm in, uninformed on that, but I don't understand. The, but the other the thing was, about
1: it. I learned about extremism in those days a little bit because back then, one of the big issues was abortion, and you could not get off the hill. I used to like to go walk around. There were a lot of really good things. Ah, the Roy Rogers out there—a fond memory. There was a Roy Rogers. They always had deals.
0: Roy Rogers
1: And Rogers. There's a, there was also the library court there, which was not a court. It was at the Supreme Court. They would have meetings there. All of us tried to go because they had the best donuts I've ever seen. <laughs> really, I mean, these things were miraculous. Oh, man, one day. But it's the library court. That's what it was called for some reason. It was in the Supreme Court building. Hmm. And it had nothing I to never do heard with the that. Supreme Court, but we would have meetings from groups there. And they always said, they're very nice to us at the... In my study committee, where some people had internships they weren't very happy with, they tried to get us involved. They always said, Okay, there's these events, we're going to make sure you get on the floor of Congress. God forbid they actually take an interest in you. Which I did. And I remember we saw the president of Mexico at the time. And I'm standing on the floor of Congress, and all I thought of was Paul Simon. He's sitting there. This is not the Paul Simon in the band. This is the Congress, the Senator. Yeah, yeah. But he always wore the bow ties. Right. I've seen I pictures just wanted to take that bow tie. And tw- it looks so cute. Yeah, or just like, you know, throwing, snap it but back. But so, you got, it was, and when you're that age, it's really cool. I saw the president of the South, South Korea. See, that, yeah, yeah, And I saw the president for, of Mexico. When you're a kid, like 20, and you're yeah, going a, on the floor of Congress For 20-something
0: to you know, stand on the floor of such an important historic building in this country. And you
1: get that pretentious twit syndrome because I had my ID. I knew all the security. You had to go through It's not like it is today. We oh, did. We oh, had God. one incident. There was a congressman from Pennsylvania, and we were, in, we were in the Cannon building, Office 402. Okay. The Cannon, because there was Cannon, Longworth, and the other one whose name I forget, Atonement. And, and that, too. Yeah, and there somebody tried, some constituent tried to come in with a gun, but that was about the only thing. Yeah. But I remember walking in and people, we'd always have tourists up there.
0: Oh, God! And they'd yeah.
1: be waiting. I'd be coming in, I'd have my badge on, I'm a kid. Huh? And security, oh, hi Rob, go on. you just feel like, ha ha, look at yeah, this. Yeah, I'm on top of the world. And we all, you'd hold out your name, ha ha, look at this here. Well,
0: that it was the same thing. Um, several years ago, before he moved on to a different career path, a good friend of mine from college was um, a congressional aide in dc and he got uh i think we stopped down to visit him and my sister and i i think maybe my dad was
1: is even, it who i think
0: it is yes well sp- i could just we yes. won't
1: say the name because it might no my national my, security no, my, but, my very good friend josh but the thing is i want to point out with this guy he so he was in there and the congress survived yeah
0: exactly and he worked with a congressman from Florida. Honest honest to God, I'm not just saying this. The name of who it was escapes me. But he took us... That's a weird name.
1: Yeah, I know. And then it must be German. Where were they? I, but he I took mean, us through the country. I'm to interrupt for a second. Okay. Weird, because back then, one of the famous congressmen from Florida was Claude Pepper, who oh. was this guy who had to be like 120 or that, something. That, yeah, sounds,
0: a that sounds like a guy But can you of...
1: just imagine... Okay, imagine a movie. with. There was a guy, Claude... But he was renowned as being... A mummy, basically. But... No, the,
0: the name like Claude Pepper, you, you should be wearing a white linen suit, a fedora, sitting on a sitting on a porch in a rocking chair, sipping a mint julep, going, it's good to own
1: land. That's all I picture. I never saw the guy. But one of the things... Well, Maybe because he wasn't real. Maybe he was more of an idea. But one of the things that was funny, too, is we would work on legislation. One of the big kicks, there's a couple minor bills where I would see a representative say the stuff I said. Dad, yeah. Which is scary when you think a 20-year-old kid is saying stuff for legislators. This little secret for all of you, you may not know this. You may not know this, but like for grad school and stuff, this called legislative process classes. They do not write legislation. Other people do the legislation. You ruined, you put I the I assigned I literally assigned Hank Brown. He was a senator from Colorado. Uh, Bob Dornan, who was a really interesting character. They always had somebody as a chairman... Of the, the Republican Study Committee, Bob Dorer and B1 Bob at the time. Now, this is a character out of the movies again. He was a Korean war vet. He's one of these really gung ho, stereotype 50s right wing guys. Mm. Very bombastic. He ran for president in 1996. God. He represented Orange County. And the thing at the time, you remember that. The thing at the time for California. Southern California had all these right wing guys who stuck together like Bill Dannemeyer, who I didn't particularly like a lot because he was Mr. Wow, the gays are going to take over the world. I did not appreciate that guy. There's Dana Rohrabacher who used to have a thing in his office of him surfing, calling it a fresh wave hits Congress. Oh, come on, man. And he sort of looked like Arne Anderson.
0: Well, I could get behind a guy that looked like Arne Anderson, but. If you're pulling shit like that, oh, fresh
1: wave. No, just because no. he was new, and all he would talk about on the floor was, I am new. Okay, yeah, 20 years later, yeah. I think he actually just lost either this election or last election. They finally got rid of him, and I still wonder if he was going around saying, Well, that's what he was I mean. New. The I'm new thing works for maybe the first month. But then you have to actually do something. But we would have funny ones because we would work on things. Like, one of the big things down there at the time was about funding the NEA. NEA. That's National Endowment for Arts because they were going on about the filth, or so-called. And one of my views on it is, I mean, art should be pure. I mean, they shouldn't really have any government hands on it. No, I agree. But that was a big one. But the other thing we went on about, too, they were going on about, unfortunately, some of these crazy groups were going on about trying to keep groups out of, catholic universities that went against the religious tenets so it's all this minor stuff but i'll show you how it gets bogged down there were major bills out there one bill got bogged down because some congressman in wisconsin wanted to stick a rider on it for funding for national moose day oh so you have to I'd be all about national so moose you have days. to understand say there's something important say there's something for like child vaccines or something There's there's an important bill. Okay, it goes to Congress. All these other people in Congress try to attach their little pet projects to it, like the National Moose Day.
0: And I'm wondering if if they think it's something they that might pass, and they really hate it, they'll attach some ridiculous rider to it in the hopes that it gets killed. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you know, take the houses of all the all the widows of soldiers. Well, I I am responsible.
1: I admit I'm partly responsible for one. This was the time of Tiananmen Square. In China, and there was a resolution. You actually had to go through channels for this. They wanted to go on the floor to honor the people for standing up to the to, tanks and everything tanks, in China. Yeah. And I had to call up. You basically called up the different congressional offices and asked, can we add this? And it was nothing. And you would hear, like, Ike Skelton. I remember another good name. Ike Skelton from Missouri, the Democrat. Oh. Call off, so What's it about? Ah, what the hell? Why not? Yeah. But that was one of the fun things. I got to meet a lot of these people because what we would do sometimes— we would have things. We would go to Democrat and Republican offices and deliver these things. And Jack Beekner, he was an interesting character. He was a congressman from Missouri who used to get chased by Secret Service because he would try to go in office. <clears throat> He'd throw pumpkins out his window on Halloween. Now, I don't know why he never I, ran for president. I'm, I'm shocked as well. But I do have a, a meeting. I had actually a face-to-face with the future presidential candidate, John Kerry. Oh, uh, yes. Because this was meeting with a senator from Massachusetts, and I was going around handing out these things. And you would go into the office, and they had to sign him. It was one of these bills for whatnot or whatever. Yeah. But you would go around, and a lot of times the person with their eyes, you'd go in and ask. They'd come out. So he came out for a second. He comes out. He looks at it. Goes, what the fuck is this? So that is my meeting with an almost future president and secretary of state. See, it just shows that he was a
0: human after all. Yes,
1: and it goes again. Whenever I saw him nominate, would you believe that's the only thing I think of of (laughs) him? Well, it's the only interaction you've ever had with him, so it makes sense. But that's what it was like back then. It was a lot more, I hate to say, it was was kind of fun in a way. It wasn't like you were throwing—the abortion thing was not fun. Now, I have to say that two of the worst experiences of my life, there used to be There's a botanical gardens down there. Yeah. And we used to go walk down there during lunchtime, go walk around— One time, a plant opened there that smells like supposedly... Oh, the corpse flower? Yes, Yes, it opened. They had to close it down and being people in hazmat suits. But the other one was they used to have the abortion battles around there sometimes. So if you're working on the hill, you're walking around, you're going to see this stuff. Mm. But I remember the one time that stuck out to me was there was the pro side, the anti side. People were throwing tomatoes at the other side saying they were fetuses. Then I saw a priest get kicked in the ghoulies, so luckily he's celibate anyways. And I just remember the intensity of this going. I never want to get to the point where I, anything gets to me that much.
0: Well, it's sad to say the it looks like a lot of the country has gotten to that point.
1: But what do you think? Now, go to some of your experiences with your mom. Why did she decide to run? And I honestly did,
0: because I actually, she ran for uh, for city council or for town council. I think I, she was actually pregnant with me. So I'm not sure what the. So you vice vice mayor yes. or something? i so, I'm not a hundred percent sure what her motivation was for running. Maybe she thought she could make a difference, and she she definitely did when she was mayor make a difference and businesses expanded and there's this big shopping plaza that wasn't there when I was a kid, but because you know she did her thing is there now, and it's still there shockingly, they haven't gotten rid of it. But I don't know. That's
1: one of the things I'm actually going to see her soon. Maybe I'll ask her. I'd like to find out one. I went to the wedding of my friend David Equesta in Geneva. This is New York, not Switzerland. And I actually struck up a big conversation with a person who was about 43, 44, a young guy. He's the mayor of Lyons, New York. And he was talking to me about change and things. And he sounded like your mom a lot about it. He was, doing he was a Republican, but at the time... He was an Andy Cuomo fan. He used to call him. This is way back in the day. But this goes to show you, again, crossing party lines. This was back probably around 2000 or so. Right. But he was talking about how he wanted to bring change to the town, so I always wonder how he did or not. <coughs> I liked him personally.
0: Well, that's the thing. You, you tend to like these people personally, but in the back of your mind
1: you're thinking, they don't have a hope in hell. No, and I remember, because we would do these debates on campus again for the, the election for the presidential election in 1988 and we would try to get people, we would get, you weren't, you obviously weren't going to get the big honchos to no, come so we wouldn't. would have representatives we'd have Mayor Ryan who was Tom Ryan was the mayor here for years and we would have Joanne Van Zandt she was the head of the Republican Party how did they come to the debate? They drove together
0: Isn't that weird? And, and you know the sky didn't open up and rain blood and horses weren't eating
1: dogs and the apocalypse didn't happen, did it? And people would ask you go up. They would talk, and they would sort of be the surrogates, and you would ask them questions. There was some crazy hippie guy who went about these issues or something. I don't know where this guy came from. It's college, but otherwise, everybody and like Dr. Harmon's saying, "Well, get yeah. so I had to go on this big babble about foreign policy because that's the only thing I knew about." So, but. Otherwise, everybody was civil. Nobody was going, ah, you know, I'm going to be out here protesting. And we did have the Gulf War, the start of the Gulf War, and I was going to graduate.
2: We had some people
1: desperately trying to pretend it was the 1960s and protest. But nobody really... You really couldn't get into it. No, because we it were, wasn't with the same... Our views at the time were, okay, if we have the draft, am I going to work in a kitchen? Am I going to get stuck? Yeah, am I, I... going to be peeling potatoes, or what's going on? And I heard my cousin, actually, my cousin Scott drove a tank there. He was in the military. He said you had to wear a thing for ticks. That would not have been fun. Yeah, no. But it was just a different time, and that's what sort of makes me really... Makes me sad about seeing things how they are it, today.
0: It really is because, it, you know... You wonder if you t- go back and bring, if you could bring some of the founding fathers here, and have them look at the situation that we as a society
1: are in. Uh, how sad they! Would and you be. would go back to the days of the machine, like Platt. He was the called the easy boss in New York when Roosevelt was mayor, and Teddy Roosevelt was completely uncorrupt. Whatever you think about him, he was a very uncorrupt. He wouldn't. He would have loved society these days. Oh, yeah. But I guess the Easy Buffs, yeah, they had machine politics, but what they would do is if they had a national thing, they would put their differences aside. Yeah, to work together to better the country. Where these days it just seems like a lot of them are just in it for themselves. And just,
0: That's a sad thing. They
1: don't really care about the country, but it's also apathy, though, too. You know, it's, a, it's a
0: big country, and guess what, folks? We all have to live in it.
1: You go back to, say, like the mayoral primary in Rochester, of almost like five, five, six years ago. Yeah, the turnout was seventeen percent. Oh, seventeen
0: percent voted for an elected the highest elected official. Now in the think city.
1: about that. Think now this is supposed to be a democracy. Some countries a lot of countries you don't get They're not the part- permitted to vote. Yeah, or you do vote but there's one dude. Yeah. Albania is one of my favorite totals back in communist days. The vote was like well, you, nine, something yeah, million. Yeah, like in 99, 99.8%. The there, there was one, there was one guy who voted against the party. So I guess they showed they were objective. No, they did. That guy didn't
0: even exist. They just said that he
1: did. But they rubber stamped him. Yeah. So you can vote. And I do have some issues with voting a little bit. Whereas again, show me a candidate. Suppose you really are just not happy. Right. And that goes back to the what we used to call the pig the party in government mm. where the the, uh, the idea of the political parties is to find candidates to run and we have to part of it is why would you want to run in a lot of ways because you're going to go if They're going to be digging through all your stuff. You might be the nicest person in the world. That's the problem. They're going to find shit on you, and if they can't find shit on you, they're going to make it up. You're going to find out. They're going to find out you were at Pizza Hut when you were 12, and you didn't leave a tip because you used the money to play a video game. Yeah, and then
0: you went and, you know, you pissed on the seat and didn't clean it off.
1: And I think it gets so nasty like that. But I also think a lot of the negative is a lot of people don't have any positive to bring. You look at a lot of people. They come from a background. They used to make fun of Tom DeLay. In the House, the Hammer, as they call him, the congressman from Texas. Because why? He was a businessman. He was an exterminator. That son of a bitch. Well, he was actually, he actually did something. He actually did not just come up through the system. Yeah, he... And there's a place for lawyers, but when you're just a lawyer and you're filled with lawyers, yeah, you might know the legislation, but you don't know anything about business, economics, foreign policy. So there's all these problems, and the thing is, people have to get more, I suppose I'm trying to say with this whole thing, it's obviously we're not shouting at each other, we're not doing like a Rush Limbaugh or Rachel Maddow or who the hell are some of those other characters, I don't even listen to them.
0: Oh, like Glenn Beck, uh... All those assholes.
1: I'm sorry, but they are. Well, they are pretty much, and I don't even really listen to them. So there's a thought about Michael Savage, and I've honestly really never listened to the guy. No. But I've heard that there's theories that he was the guy that it's an act.
0: Well, I I firmly believe that. Like, do you really think Rush Limbaugh believes half the shit he says? I
1: think they do. I think what, suppose you believe, like, suppose you were going to do right wing and left wing. I suppose you have to make it, it's like Michael Kinsley said about Crossfire with Pat Buchanan. They get along very well. Yeah. But he said, you have to get angry. You have to get, because it's the show. That's why nobody's listening to this one, because we're not yelling at you.
0: That's the thing. And we've, I've heard, it's like, well, you guys need, uh, you know, tension. No. Go screw. No. I'm not manufacturing it for...
1: Well, we have Jeff and we
0: have the Yeah exactly. We've got the regionomics people that they'll be back, but <laughs> you know, I guess to put a to start to put a bow on this thing, times of change, times change and not always for
1: the better. And I'll say for there is the election coming up, make sure you're informed. And if you like your guy there in the White House, make sure you like him for the reasons you like him. You know, if I asked you what do you think's good about yes. him? Don't just say, well, you know, he was on The Apprentice or something. Or, well, he kept those commies out. Try to tell me what you think's good if you don't like him. I, don't just say, I hate him. And, like, I, and
0: I firmly believe that despite what I believe, if somebody comes to me with a contrarian point of view and is able to explain it, I, okay. Yeah. You're welcome to your opinion. It wasn't
1: only Russian collusion. It was out in Mongolia.
0: Oh, I thought it was um, the Seychelles. Or,
1: the, or
0: Madagascar. Or no, somewhere.
1: Al Gore said it briefly after 9-11. He said, George Bush is my president. And that we yeah. had at a time of national emergency, it's like when Reagan got shot and he made the quip in the hospital about, are you Democrats or Republicans? So the doctor, he said, we're all Republicans today. And we yeah. don't have that today, where it's no. like this labeling. It's like you talk but, about trying to accept people if you're gay, straight, whatever you believe. But if somebody came up to you and said you're a Republican or Democrat, you might hate their guts. Hmm. Yeah, and that weird. So, you know... Be nice. <laughs> it, that that You know what? That's the moral of the story. Don't be mean. Yeah, I mean, we thought about even for doing this because it's like a subject we try to have fun. Yeah. But I suppose it's like... But it is the, interesting. It's like trying to... Yeah, you will do historical ones, but it's like trying to take that cough medicine when you're a kid. Yeah. You just want to get it over with. Yes. So... Oh. I thought it was fun, though. No, it was a fun one. And you know what?
0: <clears throat> yeah. Like I say, times change, but the moral of the story is...
1: Just don't be mean. And I think about those days, and I could be so pretentious because I loaded up at the DC store for Christmas. Yeah. Everybody got a capital ornament. The Christmas cards were awesome. See, then nobody cared about politics. They loved the cars, they yeah, loved right? the ornaments I weird. gave them. And I got my one friend's mom, they were from Italy. She wanted to thank me personally because I got her a John F. Kennedy mm-hmm. campaign button. Yeah. So in those days, nobody really, you know. It was different. Yeah. So. Now, if I got somebody a Trump campaign button, I remember now when this happened again. My thing for being a Republican. Then, in full disclosure, I'm an independent now. I'm not registered with any party. Yeah. But we had a we had a prof- teacher in high school, not a professor. She would push the Democratic Party. On now, YouTube. and you know what? Schools have no place.
0: To she would just say what she
1: would do, for example, say you had a test, so you would say she was a Mondale fan. Yeah. And she would say, okay, now right, who would would be the best candidate for president. And I thought there was no place, and I was really mad about that a little Yeah, there's now, no Some place. dastardly fiend snuck in her office and stuck a Reagan bumper sticker on her campaign thing. She spent half the class screaming the class out, saying how she never pushed Mondale on us, but somebody had the nerve to do this. Cognitive yeah. dissonance, and there's no place for that. No. there's It's just no. Don't be mean. Yeah, that's what we're saying. So, yeah, don't be hopefully mean. Hopefully this was kind of fun. And, yeah,
0: and there will be more historical ones. Yeah, And... Anything
1: else? Yeah, I do. Actually, I'm sick of politics. I am, too. Let's so, put something nice I was out this. with my very, very good friend, Meg Williams, <laughs> the other night. She had a show at Love & Cup, and, and she has not been in town in three years. She lives in Nashville now. And I said, Meg, you want to come on the show? And she would love to come on the show and play for you, but she lives in Nashville, and she's on tour, so she went off to Virginia by the time we're taping this. But she'll be back to spend time with her family, and she'll come here and play, and we'll get her on, and you'll all love her. But I told her I'd play something from her new album, it's called it's, it's Take Me As I Am The Muscle Shoals Sex, and it's Meg Williams. And now this is her words, not mine. I'm going to play Sometimes I Need You Too, and I'm playing that song because she has a video for it. And now she said that's the song, if you have a lover, relationship, a friend, and you feel you're not given and you feel you're not giving really you're giving tons to it, not getting any back. Now, I take the fifth. Those are Meg's words. Not mine. Okay. But it's a good so song. Going about, her. And there's a video for it. And it's a very good song. And it's Meg Williams. And we're going to leave with that because be kind to everybody. And enough politics. And enough politics. Vote for me if you want. I don't care. Cthulhu <laughs> 2020. Yep. And that's it. That. Thank
0: you, everybody. <laughs>
2: wrong yeah you can't keep it together I'm always by your side trying to make it better but the whole world's out to get you and you can't keep up but living in this life is hard on everyone. Yeah, everyone And I know you got your troubles But baby, I got mine too and you know that I go running Whenever you need Your mind. You feel like you got nothing to show, but you're working all the time. I wanna help you with your problems, take the pain away. Do the best with what I have.